Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know Signature Series automated shades provide a safer environment for children and pets due to their cordless nature? All hail those robot shade overlords. Did you know that? I mean, is this new? It, well, not for us, but you know, in case you are listening now, perhaps you have started the subscription in election season to wisely listen to the dulcet tones of Nick and Jason, and you are unfamiliar with our Robot Shade Overlords in the Signature Series Automated Shades. Now you know. Now you know. Those programmable features, they allow you to use heating or cooling only when you need it to hit maximum energy efficiency. So if you're ready, Jason, to make your home a smart home. You want to make it safer and more efficient. Go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who now knows that this intro part takes just enough time for him to properly wash his hands. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Actually, I want you to know something. Yeah. So when I wash my hands, I do the Budget Binds commercial. Oh, do you? I recite that. You when I'm like, done, do I'm you, clean. Do you do the Budget Blinds part? The Budget Blinds I part? Do. I do. I, I yell it. You do? Yeah, in my head. Okay. Well, you should yell it out loud. But I think sometimes that would make the public sometimes my really in, inside voice is not very inside. Yeah. <laughs> I just start that right at the sink. That would make things uncomfortable in the men's bathroom. I'm going to say that out loud. <laughs> all right. Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about our very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is the Subtweet. We're not going to mention you by name, but you're going to know how we feel. Wow. That goes back like that's like way deep in the mix and. So everybody wow. now everyone's going to wonder if that we're is a new level them, of, uh, of passive aggressive, or if I'm subtweeting the coronavirus. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Nobody ever knows. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got a special guest today. He was he was he was jealous. He was jealous. He did. He like as soon as last week's uh, Wednesday episode went up with Julie Cook on it for I, number six, we got a call. I was I was I was getting t- frantic text messages like why? Why? Well, come on. So we are we are joined. We're gonna get we're gonna get to him in a little bit. We are gonna be joined today by Matt Sanding, and we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, we're gonna continue a conversation about community involvement. Uh, Jason, you and I started it in the last couple of episodes. Really didn't start. We kind of got back to it. But I think it's uh, it's a good to get back to that theme of of why we talk about the things we do and about how easy it is for people to get involved in the community. Before we get there, though, let's talk about a couple of things. There's like nothing uh, official, city government, school board business going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't have a lot what of real hard news. Thing. So we're just going to give some announcements. All right, First, good. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not. Maybe maybe, maybe you listened last week. Maybe. We it's, had, we it's had parade a whole week. for it. It's, it's parade, parade week. Parade. Uh, Emerald Isle Parade is this Saturday. Starts at noon in downtown. And guess what, Jason? It goes on. It goes on rain or shine. There the we parade go. must go on. That's not how it goes. Yeah, so that's that's, that's not the line. But hey, look, uh, we went from Saturday, early Saturday morning. It was still calling for upper sixties and sunny, clear weather this coming Saturday, and now we're it might be a little cold. It's all right, but that's okay. The parade's still going on. I'm going to tell a story. So I used to have the honor of driving the mayor in the parade for about three years, and there was one year that it did snow, and former mayor Randy Rhodes looked at me and he says, "You know what?" It's a rule in parades. You have to have the top down. 
So we didn't care. It was snowing. We still put the top down in the convertible, and we drove through that parade. It was a lot of fun. He, I kind of, I kind of missed that job. That he, was a fun job. He's a tough man, the he former is. mayor. He so is. he could handle a little bit of weather and all that. But if you, um, once you're at the, once you've done, you come, you brought the kids, you gone to the parade. If you wanted to stay or maybe send the kids home and then come back, have a drink. Sam Rudolph Hub Crawl. That's true. Get a sitter, folks. Starting at 2 o'clock. Get yourself a sitter. Get yourself a sitter. Ditch the kids. Get an Uber or a taxi. Don't drive. Come downtown. You know, it may be cold outside, but it'll be warm inside the many and various bars and establishments we have in our fine downtown. Uh, let's do one last one last announcement. This one's actually kind of a a, a more of a businessy one. Not, not as much wait, fun. You're giving, I'm going to note here, you are giving attention to the competition. It's not competition. It's competition. It, it is not competition. We will crush them all. The Lee Summit Chamber is hosting its Board of Education Candidate Forum tonight at the Missouri Innovation Campus. It is free. This is this is something they do every year where they, they, they allow a time for candidates to have their voices heard. And it's another opportunity for for voters to get out and see who they are. They do a very different style than we do, Jason. That's how we that's how we differentiate. But look, I'm never gonna complain about Anybody offering more opportunity for voters to meet their candidates. Yada, yada, yada. Voter engagement. Ours is better. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with their, that. But just, uh, just, just, just one little note that that's there. They will have a, a forum for the city council candidates coming up later on in March. We'll let you know. Jason, are we ready to bring that other guy in? We're going to take a break. We're going to talk some advertisement. Got to pay those bills, man. So stay with us a little bit. We'll be back with Matt Sandy. We're going to talk a little bit more about getting involved in the community. I, I, I think it's going to be a really, really good conversation. So I hope everyone will join us. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hi, I'm Jane Monroe, owner of Embrace the Grape and District 4 resident. Donnie Funk has my vote for city council, and here's why. Donnie's time serving on the Planning Commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight we need on city council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for Four on April 7th. Have you ever wondered what factors go into creating your FICO score? If so, you're not alone. Score a Better Future is an exciting nationwide program created by FICO, the company which developed the FICO score used in over 90% of all credit-granting decisions by lenders. In partnership with local nonprofit organizations, the next Score a Better Future financial community education event is coming to Kansas City. This free event will be held at the Bruce R. Watkins Cultural Heritage Center at 3700 Blue Parkway on March 19th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Hear from FICO experts, gain access to your FICO score for free, and get one-on-one -on -one counseling from local nonprofit credit counselors. Dinner is also free, and Congressman Emanuel Cleaver from the 5th District will be speaking. Don't miss out. Spots will go fast, so go to www.fico.com backslash S-A-B-F to reserve your spot today. It's time to score a better future for you and your family. We are here with Matt Sanning, the Executive Director of the Summit Social Services. Matt, I just want to note this. How does number six feel? A lot like number five, but um, more jovial. All right. 
we are more joking. Well, well look, 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 let's be honest here. So last week, are you gonna pull the curtain back? I am. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let people in. Last week we had Julie Cook on. Mm-hmm. Julie was one of three people, including Matt, that had been on our show five times. Yes, the Five Club. The Five Club, and Julie was the first to six. I think I had posted the show for about 30 seconds, and I get texts. Wait a minute! Why am I not on? Why? So Matt begged. And we're here. And we're here. We're here to say yes. Matt, Matt, you're always awesome to come on the show. You you do great things in the community, but you also, because of what you do in the community, you also provide some, some good perspective on things. And So today I wanted you to come on to continue a conversation that Jason and I started two episodes ago. Yeah, probably. About that. Uh, just returning to our original conversations for the show of of being involved in the community, why people should be doing things, getting involved, and how easy it really is to raise your hand and do some stuff to make make good things happen in our community. So, thank you, and welcome to number six. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. He's all like professional. That's like it's like he flips the switch. Just here's a here's a real what kind of curtain. We're like two hours and ten minutes into our time talking, and we're just now hitting the record <laughs> button. So uh, there you are, uh, just to give you that idea. So, uh, well, Nick wants to know about the C4 committees. I, I do, I do. I'm, I'm curious. You know, both Matt and you, Jason, uh, were were invited to serve on these these committees, these C4 committees, uh, that are part of the strategic planning process for the city. I want to know what's going on. What are, what have you guys been talking about? What are what what are what are we doing? I've heard good things that there are some good conversations happening about the future, vision for the future of the city. So so Matt, I'm going to go to you. What 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 committee are you serving on, and what are you guys talking about? Oh, I'm actually on two. So we've got the uh, affordable. <laughs> no, no so so maybe he gets to number six, and, and he's like, I'm going to big time all y'all. Yeah. I'm on two C4 committees. I just couldn't say no. Um, uh, you know, in my in my role in this world, uh, you know, we want to serve, and so um, apparently I was the one that had nights free. But it was the affordable housing committee, um, and then we have the uh, healthy communities. Healthy communities is pretty amazing and it deals a lot with mental health and and that's really not my forte outside of knowing who has that skill set and we have great partnerships with a lot of them so they're working really hard to make sure that that our community um, is suited to continue the exploration and um, solving a lot of mental health issues that are affecting our schools and not just our schools but the community around us your 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 ability to you know, function in the world that we live in has a lot to do um, with your mental ability, your mental state, your mental health. And so there's a lot of great people working on that, as well as the parks, fitness, recreation, the ability to um, be of service uh, in, in that way to your community. And Parks and Rec are doing a great job there. The housing has been a really interesting one because we're actually delving into the subject on defining affordability, what it is and how it works. Um, that that's a big that's a big one for me because we keep we keep talking about this things keep coming before city council, and there really isn't a good number. There's not a good number that people agree on where we're all talking apples to apples in this. Mm-hmm. Right. So what what are we talking about? Well, so 
we're still working on that point. There's a lot of <laughs> that you well, but here's the deal. And and what's funny about the the group that's working on it, not funny, but what's what the reality of it is, you've got people that believe that um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a reasonable mortgage, which puts you at whatever payment. You but know, that's but, not affordable. Well, right. It depends who you ask. It depends on your different. <clears throat> right. So, but I, when we talk about affordable, aren't we talking low income? Well. You, you, this is the problem in Lee Summit in particular. You have something called the area median income, AMI, and that's a definition that you'll hear a lot about. Um, the individual AMI um, for a, a, an individual, you know, might be somewhere around, uh, oh, if I'm uh, 47, 48,000 for an individual, and I think more like 83,000 for a family, somewhere around there. It, and, and it depends on what you look at to get the actual definition. Well, they say that affordable housing is about 30% of that that number, okay? Now, whether that be based on a monthly rent or whether that be based on a mortgage, you have to take that into consideration. Some would contend that Lee Summit is about, it's pretty top-heavy uh, in certain areas. And so some would say that the AMI is accurate based on census data or otherwise, but others would contend that it should be lower because you can only get to zero, but you can go up to millions. And and so there there are different arguments on that. So you pick a number. And then the, you got the builders that say, we can only build a home for this amount because we're paying $30,000 $30, for a lot. And we've got to pay the city this amount to get our... And lumber costs. And of money. everything. And so you've got the material costs and you got labor costs and things like that. They say, well, we can't make any money um, under this dollar amount. But then you've got the 27 to 30-something crowd, married or not, saying, we can't live in Lee Summit uh, because we can't find anything under $185,000. So there's the question, right? It's what is affordable? What is reasonable? And affordable, unfortunately, in my opinion, has a, a, a connotation of lots of other things, not just we want to create an environment where Families who want to start out in Lee Summit or move to Lee Summit can have a quality of life that they need, but rather we, 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 there's a stigma attached to it. And I think that that's something that we need to do a better job as a community to communicate, to say, you know what, we've got firefighters, we've got police officers, we've got teachers, we've got young families that are working their butts off, doing everything they possibly can, and they just haven't reached the peak of their income yet. And so we're going to help them enjoy Lee Summit and make this the destination that they want to live in for the rest of the time. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you, Jason. So it's your turn now to, to talk about the, the group that you're involved in. And, and are you seeing similar conversations happen? Yes, we are. I mean, so I am on the community engagement team. And, and full disclosure, I've had conflicts with a couple of the meetings, so I have not been as dialed into the, the nitty-gritty of, of what we're dealing with. But essentially, we're trying to find better ways for the community to, to get information from the city and better ways, honestly, for the city to communicate information to the, the people out there. So talking a lot about how do we utilize the LS Connect app, you know, what other ways we can deal with that, uh, di any kind of digital tools, other ways... Are there ways that we're leaving behind in our shift to the digital age that's leaving segments of our community behind? So Can't things just stay the same? Uh, I, I would argue that there are a lot of people who feel just that way, but no, because the world changes around you and you have to at least adapt to what's happening 
in that whole process. And, and you know this as well. I mean, we, we make great celebrations when the city updated their website to make it easier to navigate, easier to find things. We had a big huzzah because the website was, you know, sort of web 1.0 or 1.2.0, but it was really hard to navigate unless you knew what you were looking for. And now it's significantly better. The search part of it works really well, those sorts of things. But, you know, we are all moving to the computer in our pocket and how that's utilized and how we communicate with the city, how you can find information um, is of significant import. And, you know, I mean, we're all familiar. I, I mean, I, I can say my mother is a pretty savvy smartphone user. Um, and I think most of our parents have that kind of that kind of information or that kind of stuff in their pocket and making it easy for all the generations to look into that information and, and engage with it is something that's of, of significant importance to the city and just to make sure because I mean I can't tell you how many times I've sat on the Planning Commission and heard someone come up well I didn't hear about this until you know 30 minutes ago or two days ago or whatever when there's you know there's lots of stuff that goes out that do that well the way people can follow that out you know you can use that LS Connect app to reach geographical limitations so if something is coming up as a public hearing you get a notification you could do things like that is that something we want to do or how we want to go through that whole process is a really interesting question isn't that that is probably the number one complaint from from people in the community whether we're no matter what we're talking about is always i didn't know or how do i know how do i stay in touch and we even jason we're in the midst of candidate interviews again mm -hmm. but since we started doing this in 2016, I think. One question we have asked every candidate every election season has been about communication. How are you going to communicate with your constituents? How are you going to keep them involved? Not just to pass information, but to take information. Right. And as I think as we get to, you know, we're 100,000 people in the city now, it's not possible for everyone to be dialed in to everything that goes on. We have our own lives. Even someone as involved as our interview guest over here doesn't know all the ins and outs of every, you know, economic development and planning thing that's going on because, Matt, you have your own focuses, right? You're, you're dealing with the needs of, your, of, your, of the people who, who need your services at the thing. You're out trying to collect, you know, money and stuff and the things to make, the, make your system run. You don't have time to pay attention to the, you know, the zoning change and you know, one spot down by rain tree or something like that. It's not something that's going to be available to you. So how do we communicate that? When, you know, can we make that in a way that to get people to go? Platforms are uh, difficult, especially in the nonprofit world. You have um, a ton of platforms, some dedicated strictly to nonprofits and other ones that are just out there between United Way 211 to um, Human Services, Services Advisory Board creating their own booklet on nonprofits to Facebook groups, not Facebook pages, but groups that are specific to a particular subset, whatever that is. It can be really challenging to, to manage um, all the places that you need to be. Truman Heartland Community Foundation, Greater Kansas City Community Foundation, um, you know, different elements with the ministerial alliance, you have to make sure that you're available there and then you have to be able to maintain it and keep it. So no, I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's real easy challenging to, to fall into a trap to think everybody is there. And I'm going to, I'm going to give an example. Last year we hosted a, a cancer awareness event last, last spring. And, <laughs> and 
the 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 group you run, Lead Summit Social Services, uh, we we wanted to make sure people knew that hey, here's a here's a place if you're uninsured, you can come get mammograms. And I just instinctively thought, well, we'll just put everything out on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook. And one of your first responses was, the clients I work with aren't on Facebook. And so I think it's really easy to to forget all of the different places that people get their information. Yeah, it's you know, and it's one of those things where you want to make sure that um, we had an interview with United Way, and we were sitting in a room with a bunch of people that were making a decision on our funding that's getting ready to come up, a three-year stream of funding. And we mentioned our presence on Facebook to be able to reach out to those in need, but also to communicate lots of different things. The first thing that came up was our clients may not have access to social media. A lot of clients do, some clients do not, but more importantly, when you're in a community that is as connected as we are, the fact that potential donors or potential do-gooders are aware that we're here, they identify those that are in need and they share that along, along with the printed publications, the internet publications, or I'm sorry, the internet um, uh, streams, whatever, however the terms are now. But I mean, we have to make sure that I prefer digital publications. Digital publications. We have to make sure that we're available in a lot of different elements because we don't know how our clients, our potential donors or volunteers, are receiving their media. And for a small nonprofit, that is one of the most challenging um, um, facets because we, our bandwidth, uh, are, in order to accommodate all these needs is, is really limited. And so we have to find somebody that, that, that knows what they're doing and knows where to reach out. We had our pancake breakfast a couple of weeks ago, channel four showed up. It was awesome. It was fantastic. We didn't know they were going to show up until the day before. Um, but a simple press release reached out to them. Then we had a Kansas city star reporter show up. It was great. But, you know, it's really difficult to, to, to make sure that you're reaching the right audience um, and, and, and letting people know where you're at and what you're doing. So, yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges that I think most nonprofits, small nonprofits face because they don't have a budget to go out and do all the crazy stuff that they're doing with the Super Bowl and everything else. So we're very fortunate to have the support in the community to make sure our word can get out. I think that's a good place for us to kind of shift over, and we'll. Talk, I want to talk a little bit more about not just not just your organization, but but organizations in general. We've had you on before, and you've talked about how people can can get involved with your group and and help you out and meet meet your goals. But I think just just from a general thirty thousand foot perspective, as somebody who runs runs a nonprofit, what what are you looking for when people say, "Hey, how can I help?" What what do you what do you th- what would you say nonprofit organizations are looking for mostly from people who say, I want to show up, I want to do something? People that do exactly that. Um, you want a volunteer to come into the agency or a donor that has a compassion for what you're doing. And it could be anything. They could be an electrician or a mechanic or a great donor, but what you need is someone who's willing to give everything they've got to that agency, regardless of what their other life tells them to do or has them doing. They could be raising four kids um, and have soccer games on the weekend, or they could be working 80 hours a week as an attorney. But I want them to be committed to the agency and to do what it is that they want to do to serve others. And that could be with any agency anywhere. You can put everything down and focus on exactly 
what that purpose is. Uh, I think that's easy to, to dismiss sometimes. We try to connect someone um, on a different level or connect them with their daily life, but sometimes people just need to get away and serve others because that's what makes them whole. And so someone that's committed um, and willing to do whatever it takes, whether it be sweeping the floors that day, cleaning the toilets, or helping a client carry out their bags of food, um, whether that be over one good meal or, or, or cold water or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's someone that's willing to put everything down on their daily, in their daily life or at least understand that they're trying to do their absolute best and support them in whatever way they can. I always like to remind people too, I think that, that there are different types of of being involved, there are there are some people that have the means and are fantastic about writing giant checks, and and we all love them. Thank you, all of you. <laughs> and, but there are also there are also people who who don't have that kind of ability, but but they can put in time. You know, Absolutely. you talked about sometimes it's sweeping the floor, sometimes it's making phone calls, sometimes it's just showing up to to, to do whatever. You know, I, I always I always like the joke when it comes to to downtown Main Street is is I'm just going to be here. You tell me what you need. Put me somewhere. Right, and, and but I would say that a lot of people don't have even that level of, you know, engagement at first, right? I mean, at first, it's, it's something has to bring you into the fold, into the into whatever organization, whether it's social services, or downtown, or cold water, or pick pick your thing, um, whatever that might be, and you have a thing that brings you in the door, and you it may be a, you know, I really like what you're doing. You know, I know I, I know you need something. We'll help you with that, or I have a skill that I think may be applicable to to where you're going or what you're doing, or honestly, even a little bit of a, you know, in in the downtown, right? One of the things that downtowns, uh, the downtown really likes is their businesses to be involved. Well, the businesses are involved because it's also in the back end. It's good for the businesses, right? The more people are downtown, the more people see their signs, the more people come to their. Business. And that's okay. Right. It's now, okay they, to get involved and have it also help yourself. Because I mean, and let, let's be honest. That was one of the reasons that I started being involved in downtown in the first place, and it has led down a path that I would never have anticipated. You know, twelve years ago when when I started down down here, but it's it. You know, you get in that door. It's like, oh, I'll do this, and it'll it'll and the benefit will inure back to me. Um, and then you, you know, but maybe that hook gets in there and that's that thing. And you may have, a, you know, someone comes to social services because they, they're a mechanic and they want to do mechanic pro bono work to borrow lawyer words. Right. Uh, and nobody and, likes that. Yeah. I know, but, uh, and you know, but they may want to do this. Like I can give, I have this skill that I can give and then you do that. And then that builds from there. And then you, you meet those people where they are. Right. And so. Everyone out there who's listening to this has a skill or an interest or a desire, right? Or or a a cause that touches them in some way. And and our job, Nick, or, you know, your job, Matt, my job is to say, okay, you know, you're touched with thought by organization in this way. Let's work that. Let's do. Let's you know, engage that process. Yeah, we had a painter um, that 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 had had a challenging story. Um, and had spent some time, their family had spent some time with us, and we were assisting where we could. And the painter called and said, hey, um, my paintings are getting ready to be shown in a gallery, and I'd like to benefit the proceeds of one or two of my paintings to your agency as a thank you, and I'd like to do this on an ongoing basis. And 
we I can't say that I had ever met this individual, but it touched her family, touched touched their family and and, and it made a difference in their lives. And she has a talent and 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 someone with a food truck did the same thing. And so we see these little components maybe 20 years later, uh, but when they're ready, I had a gentleman at one point in time call me and say, hey, I think we're doing okay now, and, and, and this is what I do, and I'd like to give back to your agency. And I said, I think I said, I think the extent of it was, wait till you're completely stable. Wait until you have everything under your feet. And then I tell you what, let's talk after that. I don't want you to sacrifice anything that you're dealing with right now as you're trying to get everything in place. I want you to feel comfortable. But what was great about it was the acknowledgement, the recognition that they had come that far. They had made it to a point where they're feeling so much better about their quality of lives. Uh, that was um, it was great. It was it, it, we don't get a lot of feedback. It's just the nature of our industry. We don't. You guys are doing a good job. Yeah, well, I, and I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> but, you know, it, we don't, because we don't have a start and stop, and that's one of the challenges, you know, there's no start and stop. It's just we do what we do on an emergency basis and make sure that these families are taken care of. But when we have those great stories come in, it makes 11 staff members feel like what they're doing is the right thing. And we know we can comply with all the books and all the recommendations but to see somebody come in and share that feedback, it, it, it doesn't matter what the books say at that point. We're doing the right thing. And, and that's what feels good about it. So I know I went off on a tangent and Nick wants to talk, but, you know, this is great. I always want to talk. Yeah, well, yeah. sure. And you're look, good at it. I mean, look, 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 let's, let's be fair. I, I do this thing. You kind of run the show. Because I like to talk yeah. a lot. Well, you know, I think I, – I, you touched on something there. I think one of the reasons I tell people to get involved is we we all want to feel like we're in the know, right? Isn't, is, I mean, can we say that's kind of a culturally, that's a common theme? Everybody wants to feel like they're part of the club, they're in the know. I, I wouldn't accuse everyone in this room of being <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I, I tell people, I'm like, look, th- it's easy. You can be in the know too. You can be part of these things, and it's not it's not a difficult thing to do to raise your hand or to go – to someone you know, I mean, we all have friends all over town, and we've all even talked about how we have friends in different parts of town that aren't involved. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, they they go to work, they do stuff with their family, they take their kids to sporting events, they do whatever everybody else is doing. Our crazy busy lives, lives that we have, but it's not that hard to, to just say, "Hey, I want to, I want to do something more. I want to be involved in that because I like it." You know, I always tell the story. I, I got involved with downtown because I just went to a friend and said, "Hey, I want to do something. Where where should I go?" And she said, oh, you just raised your hand, so now you're going to go do these things. And I both love and hate her for that. But I think that's, I think that's a, a really just kind of a good thing to remind people when, when, when you, know, you get teased about, oh, you are always in the know, you know things. Well, I'm like, well, it's just because I tried. I just raised my hand, and you can do that too. And, it's, and it, you feel good, right? It doesn't take a ton of work, right? I mean, the the company you keep and and the people you surround yourself with, you always want to be part of that community, whatever that is. And you have the benefit of, in in my case, I have the benefit of working in District 1, but living in District 4. I have great friends in both areas, and I get to experience Lee Summit in a lot of different ways that other people don't know yet or haven't done or that have been doing for many years. And I think the best thing about Lee Summit is there's so many different examples of how you can contribute 
and serve your community, whether it be at your school, the local high school or elementary school in whatever district you serve, you can be part of the best town town in America and watch that thing grow and go crazy and enjoy it. You can watch the the improvements made in other parts of the town. You and can the even run your neighborhood swim team. Um, yeah, well, you know, or or you can just say, you know what, we'll leave that to somebody else. <laughs> um, but you, there's so many good opportunities out there, and and all it is is just talking to a friend. And I think I think you're always there. There's not even six degrees of separation between you know, an opportunity and somebody who's doing something really pretty cool that you would enjoy. And, and so, yeah, no, I agree with you, Nick, a hundred percent. There's absolutely opportunities. All you have to do is ask and it's there. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up a, a little, a little different side of things. Um, there are some people who hesitate to get involved or who were involved and then get out because there, there, you, there can be some grief, Along the way. And there are some people who think that if you're involved in something, you don't get to voice opinions about I, about other things. Or or that if you're involved in something, you're always speaking for that organization. And and I can understand the frustration that that, that brings, especially during what we call silly season, Jason, yes, it is. during the election time. But is there a way to combat that? Is there, is there a way to keep people coming back to say hey you can ignore those things okay so i actually was on our hoa board um as a pool committee chairman and i remember one day wait is that an actual yep, thing that actually you, you 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 said this and 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 i thought you were actually yeah no uh one no day, okay t- let me be fair i i did that because i know you have been sitting on your hands this entire time mm-hmm. Trying, trying to not me. to brag about your kids oh, and their uh, neighborhood swim team uh, who just won a big championship for four, their swim four team. consecutive years. So look, Matt's been wanting I'm to brag. No, he, was, he was being really good. But, but guess what, Matt? You're a dad. Okay. And dads and moms get to brag about their kids and their kids' sporting teams. So that's fine. Congratulations to what is the, what's what's your swim team's name? Empire Swim Club. For, congratulations to Empire Swim Club for winning a fourth consecutive city Photon. championship. Photon? We're amazing. Yep. Fourth city championship? Uh, it is actually Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley Championship. Oh, look at look, he's holding up the four. So, congratulations. Now we'll get back to the other thing. Yep. No, but as the HOA as an HOA volunteer, one of the biggest challenges was making sure that you were able to meet your expectations as you thought that they were spelled out and then not be treated like an employee, right? Um, the biggest challenge as a volunteer is that um, somebody explained to me one time this concept of Apache leadership. And they said this, that the Apaches would ride their horses into the ground and then they would eat them. And it didn't make sense until they explained the second part, which was one of the things that we do to our best volunteers is that we require so much of them and the great volunteers will always say yes, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden they're tired, they're burned out. They have given everything they have to give and there's nothing else. And they've sacrificed themselves, their family, whatever to give to the cause that they believed. And so as when you're trying to manage volunteers responsibly, the one thing you understand is that they're able to go to work every single day. They're able to do the job that they want to do. 
and that pays the bills. And then they're able to vent and decompress in an area that gives them a great amount of joy. And one of the challenges as a nonprofit is you never want to have any conflict between the nonprofit's needs to execute on their expectations and or run off a great volunteer, someone who gives their times. And so you have to be very balanced in how you um, manage that. And you have those conversations responsibly and you make sure that you know the quality of person that you have in your entity, in your agency, and, and, and come to an agreement that, that this is the type of person that I know will put everything down when they show up to my agency and focus on the purpose of the agency. And then in their free time and what they do and where they work, um, we're going to let them do what they need to do because you know what? That $10 check or that $50 check or that $1,000 check might be in the mail because they were able to have that opportunity and that salary to be able to provide to the agency that they care about. So it's a big deal for us. Or or, or even 10 hours of volunteer work. Because not, not everybody can, can you know, give the $10,000 check, right. the $50,000. Absolutely. You know. but, but it could it could be hours. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jason's writing a check tonight. And we don't know to who. There's a raffle. There's a raffle. <laughs> I just want to put it on my wall. Well, and I think that, you know, this starts to highlight there's some differences between um, volunteers and what they do. And I, and I think you eloquently put that out there to a, a certain extent. I mean, to the extent it doesn't actually damage the mission, right? The a volunteer, and they're not doing their volunteer work for you. They are free to be their, their own person and their own thing. Because whatever brings them to you doesn't necessarily align or match up to the rest of whatever Matt Sanding has going on. In his and and I, th- I think that's that's fair at whatever level of volunteer they are, whether they're donor, somebody who just volunteers time, right. volunteers on a board. Right. Uh, to, to an extent. And, and, but there is a place where those cross over. Right? I mean, as that's a, fair. As a board member, Nick, as you are probably aware, you know, there are times when you are – even if you're not empowered officially to speak on behalf of an organization that you may serve, your words get imputed with uh, that organization. They get tied together. Like it or not, it does happen. And as a professional, the line's even blurrier. And, and, and so it's a difficult task when you're, when you're sitting there and you're trying to say, you know, I am private citizen X and I serve over here, but in an other part of my life, you know, I have opinions and I wish to voice them. And provided that they don't, there are lines that none of us should be crossing, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't venture into, you know, isms or bigotry. Uh, but, it, you know, we, we have different opinions. I know Matt and I have different opinions on housing issues or other issues or what have you. And we settle that like gentlemen with um, old flintlock pistols. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, but I mean, we have differences on that, but we're not going to let that like bash up our friendship. And then a lot of the things in, in most of those sorts of issues, we shouldn't let, you know, we as the viewing public from the outside should not impute, you know, Matt Sanning's opinion on, and just to pick something of absolutely no controversy at all, you know, on uh, marginal tax rates, whatever Matt, and I don't want to know your opinions on marginal tax rates, Matt, I promise. But he was ready to jump he into that ready, one. He was ready to be team 37.8% <laughs> on 
top marginal weight. <laughs> <laughs> the 999777, whatever it was last yeah. time around. Okay, uh, whatever that is, is not going to – we should not impute Matt's rate on top marginal tax rates to the work that Lee Summit Social Services does. But often, as especially as the director um, of the organization, you get – um, you get a you, that happens that pet brush gets painted very broadly. It's it's difficult sometimes because we all need to be able to live our lives and we need to be able to do what we believe and that's also what compels us to give back to the communities that we live in. And when we're shuttered from that, when we're not allowed to be who we are to provide for our families or any anything like that, it, it creates a challenge because. Our volunteers are our, our life force. They're driving everything that we do. And to create an environment where they're not welcomed or to create a, a, a silo for which they can express their concerns, we have to do that to protect the agency. But we cannot do it in such a restrictive way that we actually run off volunteers. And so I think that that's the big balance. Nobody who volunteers with us conflicts with our mission and what we intend to do for the community. No, actually, I'm going to come volunteer, but we really don't have So well, we, we, ask, used, to, we you, used to not have people that conflicted with the – no, I'm sorry. I want to I ask this question. You, Jason, you, you're an executive director of a nonprofit as well. I want to ask both of the, you guys this. The type of person that you want to, to be involved in your organizations, whether they are – volunteers, they're volunteer members of your board of direct your boards of directors. Don't you want people who want to be involved, they want to dive deep. And that type of person comes with a level of critical thinking that also is going to lead to people that have opinions. Don't you want those people and aren't we now getting into isn't it really about how we address and we talk to the people with opinions and how we we don't use opinions to uh, push people away? Well, I would say that uh, um, the flip side of that is okay. So let's let's we'll found an example, right? Someone comes to my nonprofit and wants to give work to that nonprofit, and but they have opinions that are within the bounds of what we'll call polite society, but they are at one end or the other of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, I, I'm just, talking about in a community, you're going to have opinions right. about how communities operate right. and move forward. I mean, so uh, just in case we're not clear, my, my, uh, my nonprofit is downtown Kansas City, Kansas, and so there are I forgive to, you. It's okay. Um, we have better tacos. And That's true. Um, oh, wow, I'm drunk. Whoa. Uh, I'm right. <laughs> I've got some people. That we need to have some battles. I like, I like burgers Maybe better. Maybe has battle burgers. Oh, God. This interview's over. <laughs> All right. Now, anyway. So, but I would say this. So, uh, just to give it a common example um, that is applicable, I think, in our local community, there are volunteers and people who are involved in my organization that may have different opinions on who is a good or bad commissioner, a city council person, essentially, for, for Kansas City, Kansas. There. My job as a nonprofit is not to spend a whole lot of time debating the, the relative merits of one commissioner or council person over another. That's for my home life that you know we do um, before we turn on the record button on this podcast. But the, the point being is that I don't think that the problem comes in there. I think the problem comes in when to, to, you know, as a, as a nonprofit person, Matt, you can see if you agree with me on this. You have people who volunteer for you that fall all over the opinion spectrum. 
We do. Okay. Yeah. And you do not shun them, generally speaking, once again, within the bounds of polite society, we do not shun those, we do not turn those people away for the differences of opinions that they have. If their actions don't contradict, contradict the mission of the agency and they're conducting themselves exactly as you've said, it's perfect. I think the problem comes is when power structures attempt to influence or silence those people or put those people in conflict. They put the people in conflict between the opinions they hold that are not related to their organization, to their work for the organization. And they, they put that and or the organization in tension with one another. And I think that's where the problem falls. And that's, that's on all of us. I mean, and all of us in power. And that includes those of us in the media. Um, I mean, we sit here. And, you know, if, you know, here, I'll use a, a completely ridiculous example. Uh, you know, council member so-and-so is a member of the Optimist Clubs, but I'm team Rotarian, right? You know, go, I don't wanna, go I don't, Rotarians. I don't want the council member to come and talk to me about, well, you need to, you know, you need to stop saying nice things about the Rotarians or, you know, we're going to kind of, we're going to push on this or do that. And that puts me in conflict with my off work on that on work. And that I think is where a lot of the problem stems up. The, you know, the coolest debate in this community that I've had numerous times is the fact that there are so many good people that have con like contradicting opinions on how best to serve the community. How cool is it to have a, a world that you live in where people are actually debating how to do better. And I, 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 I keep going back to this. Optimus, Kiwanis, Lions, Rotarians, whatever. It doesn't not the Rotarians. I love my Rotarians. <laughs> but I mean, we we work so hard to see how we can best serve the community. And 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 and, and the Rotarian credo is uh, one who profits most serves the best. And when I think about that, it's like if you're able to give, if you're able to contribute, you're actually going to return that much value into your life. And and so why do we take that? Why would we ever consider taking that away from somebody? We want to give them the opportunity to serve, and Lee Summit is darn good at that. We allow people to serve as they want to serve, and we judge them based on their merits and based on what they contribute to the agency. Sometimes people can compartmentalize. They can separate their life. Um, you know, we've had council members. We've had um, school board members. We've had lots of different people come in and donate, uh, I'm sorry, volunteer at our agency. And we didn't talk about politics. We didn't talk about other things. We talked about how we serve our community. And sometimes you can just set that down at the doorstep and you can work together. And I think that's what's cool about Lee Summit and why I love the community I work in. You had us, and that is fantastic and very eloquent way to put that, and you had us until you said you were a team burger. Yeah, yeah. I'm Team Burger. I'm now, sorry. Now we have broached the unbridgeable gap. We we got a little uh, a little we went a little sideways. I think there there at at the end. But I, I think it's important to talk about about that other side of things too because I, I want to finish up with the the other thing is look there are lots of organizations and there are lots of things you can do in this community to to make an impact to 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 get involved and in. all you really have to do is just ask somebody what can I do where can I go raise your hand because we all have a friend. Everybody's got a friend who is involved in something, who's working on something, whether it's whether it's a church, it's a school, it's a local nonprofit, it's something, right? Everybody knows somebody. So just 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 it's easy. Just just raise your hand and and do what you can, whether whether it's uh, whether it's it's service, whether it's money, whatever it is, you can you can do something here locally. 
I think that's really uh, that's really all we need to do, Jason. I think that is. We will uh, we'll be back on Friday as we talk District Two City Council race. On Friday we will have Andrew Felker and Timothy Strout Shrout, excuse me. Uh, we are working on uh, Steve Lee to get get him in. Jason, we've we've had a little trouble scheduling, so we're trying to work that out. He may actually be. Uh, are we going to work and extend our schedule and make time for a uh, candidate to come in? And have a we we are actually That's going to do that. We're we're trying to make it happen. Um, he and I have been talking back and forth, trying to figure out a way. And look, I, my schedule is just as nuts as everybody else, so I get it. We're going to figure something out. Roberta Roberta Goff has not responded. Uh, to any of our attempts to to reach out, so I'm not. I'm pretty sure we're not going to have Roberta on, just as we were unable to get Phyllis Edson, the sitting council member for District Two Three. I'm going to note that there's a quantitative difference between us, but I'm going to leave that till the next. There we go. Um, so so anyway, we hope you join us on Friday as we talk District Two City Council race. Our attempts to continue to get all of the voices out there in front of the voters so that they can better make their choice on April seventh. We will talk to everybody. Team Burger. Uh, you know what? Wait, stop. Before I say when we're going to talk to everybody next. No, I'm not going to ask Matt. I don't want his answer. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. Burger. <laughs> Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the people by our friends at Shred KC. Jason, if you're looking to change, to start living that healthy lifestyle, these are the guys for you. They are, and, and they're going to do it. They're going to help you adopt those healthy lifestyles, get those new habits, get those things going without all that pesky like shame or any of that stuff that goes on. It's a positive, supportive environment to help you get to the goals that you want to have so that you feel the best that you can feel. Real goals, real plans, none of that fad stuff. They don't, they're not giving you the fad diets. They're not giving you the crazy new fad workout. These are real plans that are going to help you get there. Whether it's group classes or personal training, this is the gym for you. Head on down on 3rd Street. See our friends at Shred KC. You have been listening to Lee's Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee's Summit podcast with host Nick Parker, a proud member of the Fredcast Network. You can subscribe to this podcast on most podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all of the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee's Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Link2Lee's Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.